Uh, keep the main thing the main thing. Keep executing. Uh, the game is not ever, ever over until it's uh, double zeros, which we see up there. So we just kept fighting, kept getting defensive stops, made some shots. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Live coast to coast on the BetQL Network, this is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. In 20 minutes, we dive into the National League MVP conversation. Did AL MVP earlier. You can always rewind on your Odyssey app to catch anything in the last 72 hours or download it as a podcast later. Just search BetQL Daily wherever you get your podcasts. Chris Mack alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth here on BetQL Daily. Just heard LeBron talking about a massive comeback for the Lakers last night in L.A., a air quote road game against the Clippers. LeBron, 19 points on 7-12 from the field in the fourth quarter including five from the arc, uh, beyond the arc, and they complete that huge comeback from 21 down uh, early in the fourth quarter to beat the Clippers. We talked about it earlier, guys. He said maybe it doesn't tell you as much about the Lakers as it does about the Clippers here to join us to talk about all that. Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Warriors, and everything going on in the NBA from stadium and MSG. And inside the green room with Danny Green, which drops twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yes, today's a Thursday, so go find it uh, with three-time NBA champion Danny Green. Harrison Sanford with us now here on BetQL Daily. Harrison, good morning, and let's let's start there. Let's start with L.A. Lakers, Clippers, and what you take away from last night. Well, LeBron is just incredible. That's point one. What he did last night was truly amazing, and I continue to be amazed by what he does on a daily basis. Uh, with that being said, it did make me feel as if the Lakers – uh, I actually have had this thought ever since the season pretty much started. The Lakers are going to have moments in the regular season where they're just not going to look good. This is what happens when you rely on a player of LeBron James' age. But when you get to the playoffs, it is going to be very difficult, extremely difficult for any team to build a game plan that can stop the combination of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The laws that they go through in the regular season are just basically to be expected. But when they get to that postseason, particularly with certain matchups, like let's say the Oklahoma City Thunder, I would be very, very optimistic about the Lakers' chances of pushing forward in the playoffs. LeBron James and Anthony Davis might just be still the best combination, best duo in the NBA. Yes, they don't have the best team, but that combination between those two guys is still very much lethal, and they proved it last night. Harrison, I thought last night was uh, just as much about the Clippers, which is interesting. The, mm. the fourth quarter collapse that we saw they're the third favorite to win the title. They're right there. It's neck and neck. Denver plus 450, Clippers plus 475. Are you buying this version of the Clips? I'm buying the Clippers, and I know yesterday was very disheartening if you're a Clippers fan, but you have to recognize they also were playing basically a road game. That was not a home game by any means if you right. listen to the, the crowd there at Crypto.com Arena. And you also have to factor in Paul George did not play as well. Uh, so those are two factors that can't be ignored. But when you look at this team in its entirety, they have an NBA Finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard who's played at very high peaks uh, so far this season. And Paul George and James Harden, you're asking them to be second and third fiddle, particularly James Harden now has to be the third fiddle. And I think it's a position for him that's really going to benefit him towards the playoffs. And one of the reasons why I also like the Clippers as well, guys, I don't like to say it, but let's keep it real. Sometimes it is about the moolah. It is about the cash. And... Paul George is eligible for an extension. James Harden wants a new contract. This is ball out season. If you want to get paid and you know Steve Ballmer wants to pay them. 
So they'll play hard. Hopefully in the playoffs, they'll be available, which is always the key with the Clippers. And if they're available, you're talking about three stars. You're talking about a quality bench, a championship head coach. And what I really like about this team too, they have three different centers that they could throw at Nikola Jokic and Rudy Gobert, whether it be Zubak, whether it be Plumlee, whether it be Daniel Tice, the variation that they have with those three players. The ability to have uh, six fouls between those guys can really help them in a matchup against one of the bigger teams in the Western Conference. Let's look at tonight's NBA card. The Heat looking to finish off a long road trip with another W against the Nuggets. It's going to be tough to beat the Nuggets in Denver. They are four and a half point underdogs. What do you like in this matchup? What I usually like with the Denver Nuggets, and I'm definitely betting it tonight, is Denver Nuggets first quarter. And they're only laying a point and a half on bet MGM. But this is the best team in the NBA at home when it comes to first quarter scoring margin. On this season, they're plus four and a half or plus 4.7 on the season. And me, and if you look at it right now, it's on, they're only laying one and a half. I expect them to cover. You also have to figure off the factor in as well. This is the last game of a four-game road trip for the Miami Heat since the All-Star break started. You factor in the atmosphere or the altitude rather yet, how the Nuggets play. I think, and obviously it, we would all believe that they're the better team. I'll lay the one and a half with the Denver Nuggets in the first quarter. And I also like Bam Adebayo to go over 18 and a half points. If you go back to last year's NBA Finals, he scored at least 20 points in every single game of those NBA Finals. He becomes pretty much the primary score for them at times when they play the Nuggets because Aaron Gordon is so rugged and so physical, and he's one of the guys that could look Jimmy Butler in the eye and say, I can guard you, and I could be as physical with you, if not more physical. It really relies on Bam Adebayo to be more of a scoring presence. So I expect him to go over 18 and a half. Harrison Sanford from Stadium and MSG Networks with us here on BetQL Daily, and now an Odyssey teammate as well, as he's got inside the green room with Danny Green twice every week inside your Odyssey app, including a new episode dropping today. Follow him on Twitter, at Harrison Sanford. Let's talk Warriors and Knicks. I'd hate to think this game would get played without Jalen Brunson. I'm not sure what his availability is for tonight. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he's in there. We got a hot Golden State Warriors team. We were just talking about them a few minutes ago, Harrison. Uh, maybe even looking at some futures on this team because they've been there, they've done that. We've got a Knicks team that I think just wants to be healthy. Um, what's your look at tonight specifically? <laughs> oh man, I wish the Knicks would be healthy. Man, we can't have <laughs> nothing nice. There was so many highs earlier in January once they got OG Ananobi, and it's hasn't been ideal since then. Their ATS record is not pretty. Uh, with that being said, I'll take the under in this game. The under is actually a combined 8-0 and between these two teams uh, recently. And I do expect Jalen Brunson to be back. I think part of the reason why he did not play in that last game against the New Orleans Pelicans because it was a back-to-back. He was questionable going to the game. I think he suits up tonight. And with him suiting up is really why I like the under. He plays at a very deliberate, slow pace. In fact, the New York Knicks are last in pace in the NBA. And then if you look at the Golden State Warriors, who's back in the rotation for them? Chris Paul, we know that he loves to operate at a slow pace as well. So you got two guys who are really going to have a lot of ball handling responsibilities, particularly CP3 when Steph Curry is off the bench. And I think you're going to get an under uh, in this matchup because of that deliberate and slow pace. I also like the under on Jonathan Kaminga. He's going under his number 16 and a half in five of his last seven games. And if you look at the New York Knicks, they don't guard the three well. 35% of the points that they allow come from the three-point line, but they're top 10 in points in the paint defense. 
Jonathan Kaminga is 0 from 3 from the three-point line in his last three games. He just doesn't shoot from the perimeter. He's going to have to score on the inside, and that's what the Knicks are very good at defending. So I'll take the under on Kaminga, uh, which is at 16 and a half. Again, he's going under that five of last seven, and I'll take the under in the game overall. But I will say this, though. I will say this. I would bet the under in the game, too, after Steph Curry goes to the bench, when Chris Paul comes on, because then you'll have a very deliberate pace. You might be able to get uh, the, a better live number at the end of the first quarter when Curry sits than you might get pregame. Harrison, let's talk MVP. It's a three-player race at this point. Jokic, your odds-on favorite, minus 140 over at BetMGM. SGA, second favorite. And there's Luka. It's happening again. He's sucking me in, even though I've said I'm not betting on Luca for MVP anymore. I'm not going to do it. There's never good value, and it just doesn't come through in the end. He's sitting there at plus 450. He scores 30 last night, missing seven of eight three-point attempts. Another triple-double for him. Uh, what do you think in the MVP market? Anything enticing? Well, obviously, nobody wants to sit around and wait to cash out that Nikola Jokic ticket. So might as well have some fun and sprinkle on some other options, right? Uh, and mm -hmm. I'm sprinkling on Luka Doncic, and I have no problems with it at all. The guy leads the NBA in scoring. He leads the NBA in minutes per game. And he also leads the NBA in usage. If you want to talk about the word valuable, I don't understand any other player who's more valuable than Luka Doncic. If this team messes around and gets a top six seed, it's going to be really hard to not uh, really consider him uh, for MVP. And I know Shea Gilgis Alexander is getting a lot of traction and rightfully so, but I don't think they finished with that number one seed. And it's his first time, his first foray into the MVP conversation. I think because of those factors, he'll come a close second or maybe third, but I don't think he ends up winning it uh, because of those factors. It's either going to be Jokic for me, or it's going to be Doncic who makes a late run at the end. And that Mavericks team with the PJ Washington trade with the Daniel Gafford trade are a lot better team than they were at, earlier in this season, and I could definitely see them in the top six, which I think gives Luca a very good chance of being MVP. Good to see Luca finally in the MVP conversation, putting it all together. What about coach of the year, Harrison? Any thoughts in that market? Yeah, so for coach of the year right now, Mark Dagnall from OKC is the favorite, and I could definitely understand why he should be. Uh, you have a very young team. You're relying on a rookie in Chet Holmgren. You're relying on a second-year player like Jalen Williams, and you're, not, you're either one or the two seed in the Western Conference. I think he's going to win it hands down. You move, you have that type of youth and have them at this type of record. It is undeniable, in my opinion, that he's coach of the year. But I will say this, I think you get a better price on it, because right now I think it's minus 140, minus 150. Uh, I think you get a better price on it at the end of the Minnesota Timberwolves seven-game homestand, which I believe is going to be March 5th. Uh, they started the second half of the season with the seven straight home games. By that point, the Minnesota Timberwolves will probably have uh, a better record, maybe by maybe two games, maybe even three games, potentially, over the OKC Thunder. When that, road, when that homestand ends, that's probably the best time to fire on the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think Dagnall gets it regardless of where they finish, either one or two. It's just too much of a quality performance by such a young team. Meanwhile, Chris Finch with the Minnesota Timberwolves, while he's deserves some recognition, that's a very uh, – they have some veterans on that team. Rudy Gobert is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Mike Conley is a veteran. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is an all-star. Anthony Edwards is an all-star. He hasn't had to elevate his players as much, in my opinion – as, as opposed to what Mark Dagnall has had to do with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Harrison Sanford with us here on BetQL Daily. Catch him on Stadium and MSG, as well as Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. 
uh, twice every week inside your Odyssey app, including today, a new episode is dropping as well. Let me keep it on Minnesota for just a second, Harrison, because sure. you mentioned Finch having more talent. Um, OKC, the younger, less experienced team. Um, and maybe we lump Denver in here as well. We mentioned the Clippers earlier. Just handicap the top of the Western Conference for me uh, because it feels like you mentioned the, the run that the T-Wolves have been on and talent there. The one seed should be theirs for the taking. But then every time we start to doubt the Nuggets for even a split second, like we, we questioned them yesterday here on the show. You know, they'd lost the first three to Sacramento, and they just absolutely stomped the Kings last night after the first quarter. Um, they pop up and, and remind us that, well, they're the reigning champs. So how do you handicap the top half of that Western Conference in the race for the one seed? Uh yeah, well, as, a, as it pertains to the one seed, I think the Timberwolves are going to get it. I think they're just too talented on both sides of the floor, uh, particularly with this seven-game homestand that they've had as well to start the second half of the season. I think they lock up the number one seed, and actually I think they're probably the best team in the Western Conference to give the Denver Nuggets a challenge in the playoffs because of Gobert, because of Jaden McDaniels on the perimeter being able to guard a Jamal Murray, because of the bench talent that they have in a Nas Reed. Remember, Jaden McDaniels and Nas Reed did not play last year in the playoffs for separate injuries, and they they definitely gave the Nuggets a challenge and probably gave them the best challenge in the playoffs last year. Uh, so with that being said, I like the Timberwolves as the number one seed. I still think OKC gets the number two, and I think uh, the Nuggets end up with number three and the Clippers end up with number four. But I think OKC is a team that is ripe for an upset once the playoffs hit. They are bottom third. I think they're actually 29th in rebounding rate. They mess around and see a team like the Lakers, uh, they might be out of luck uh, because you're going to have to rebound the ball, particularly in the playoffs when the possessions of the game uh, dwindle down and the pace slows down as well. You know, the West is fascinating. We can make a case for a number of teams, even those in the play-in. Like, okay, if they get in right path, look at this matchup, they could make a run. And the East... It's hard to do that. Like, it's pretty limited in the teams that can come out mm. of that conference. Just overall, how do you look at it? Yeah, I'm not placing any futures in the Eastern Conference because it's so topsy-turvy, and there's so many different variables that are at play. If the New York Knicks get back Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, and Mitchell Robinson, that's probably the deepest team in the league. They might not have the highest of star power, but that's a legit 9-10 to 10 quality NBA players who could play both sides of the ball on that roster. How about the Philadelphia 76ers? If they get Joel Embiid back, a guy who was able to drop 70 points on Victor Webinyama, uh, yeah, you gotta be worried about the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, I've made this mistake before and I'm not gonna make it again. The Miami Heat are coming. They are, and they are balling right now. Bam out of bios playing at a high level. Jaime Hawkins Jr. is absolutely looking like a perfect fit in that Heat culture. And just wait for Terry Rozier to really get his uh, wings up under him being under Eric Spolstra. So they're a threat as well. And obviously, you look at the Boston Celtics, they should be the favorite. Their top six is absolutely dangerous. But after the top six, there is some concern. And when it comes to their flat-out game plan, it's a concern. They're so reliant upon the three-point shot. Will they have the same boldness? Will they have the same accuracy with those three-point shots, particularly in clutch moments? It's a question that we can only be solved by the games being played. So there's always going to be a level of curiosity and um uh, not full belief in the Boston Celtics until they actually get the job done. So the East is live for the taking. It really depends on health and matchups, in my opinion. Harrison Sanford of Stadium and MSG. Great stuff, man. We look forward to catching up with you again down the stretch. And once the playoffs get going, check out Inside the Green Room with three-time NBA champ Danny Green and Harrison twice every week, including a new episode today inside your Odyssey app. 
on Twitter, at Harrison Sanford as well. Coming up next, we dive back into the MVP markets, National League specifically, before we get to lightning bets to wrap things up here on BetQL Daily. We'll be